we like to do on this show. What we like to do on this show is help. We want to help those in a position of power who need some advice. So we're going to give some advice to Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to give some advice to Scott Dolson and Indiana football. We're going to give advice. That's what we're going to do. And one of the answers we're going to talk about to one of our decisions that needs to be advised upon is about Danny O'Neill, who decommitted today from the Colorado Buffaloes and Deion Sanders as a head coach. We got to talk about the Colts. We got to talk about IU football. We got to talk about Danny O'Neill. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now for Monday, November 27th, 2023, brought to you by the great people at MyBookie. You go to MyBookie.ag, and here's what you get. You get up to $200 in a first deposit cash bonus. You bet that $200 once. The proceeds are yours. You got to deposit at least $50, and it's got to be your first time to activate this first deposit bonus up to $200, and you have to use the promo code KENT. It's just that simple. All right. Uh, you know what? You got to subscribe to the channel. You've got to like this video. It's the polite thing to do, the decent thing to do, the Hoosier hospitality thing to do. And if you want to make a donation, you make a donation. Nice of you. Hit the bell icon if you want an alert every time we go live. You know what? That way you can interact. And if you make a donation, we see your comment. We read your comment. We see a lot of them, but those that, the ones that come with a donation, you know what? They show up in a nice graphic that really kind of stand out and draw my eye. So there you go. Uh, let's talk about Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. has got to get an extension. Michael Pittman Jr. to this point in the season has 76 catches for 784 yards and three touchdowns. That projects to 117 catches, 1,212 yards and five touchdowns. You want to move into the 2024 season minus Michael Pittman Jr. And what you've got as a quarterback is Anthony Richardson and what really amounts to his rookie season. You want to turn Anthony Richardson, the fourth overall pick, loose with that surgically repaired shoulder, throwing it to Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, and Ashton Doolin? Is that what you're saying? Or another draft pick, another rookie? Is this where you want him to be? That's the way you want to utilize that investment? That's crazy. Michael Pittman Jr. has got to get extended, and people who argue against it, look, I'm not saying that Michael Pittman is a clear-cut number one wide receiver on a National, uh, National Football League team. I don't think that he is. I don't think that he's got the speed requisite and the elusiveness requisite to be a high-level number one. But I'll tell you what, that is a dude that goes up and gets the ball and brings it down more often than not. He asks a lot of himself as a competitor. He was more concerned with the two balls he could have caught rather than the 10 balls he did catch for 107 yards. That says a lot about him, that Shane Steichen has figured out how to utilize him at a high level. Do you think that defenses, do you think Todd Bowles yesterday for the Bucs was stunned that number 11 was catching a bunch of balls? Of course not. He knew that that was the guy to stop. And Bowles and the Bucks defense couldn't do it. Scott Gilley says, will there be enough money to bring back Moss next year? Interesting question. I don't believe so. I think that would be that would be a stretch. Look, 
A number two running back is an indulgence, especially when you're paying the number one running back a whole truckload of money. If you're paying the number one guy $14 million a year or whatever, and I think it winds up being that. I haven't looked at the numbers in a while. i got to tell you the truth for Jonathan Taylor. But if you got that kind of check invested in Jonathan Taylor, I don't know how much is left over for a change of pace back, to tell you the truth. And to tell you Zach Moss's uh, value to teams, what did T.J. Joe says Pittman's a dog. Pittman is a dog, and he's a pretty dog. Um, I thought that Zach Moss was a throw-in. Like Naheem Hines to the Bills for a draft pick that was used to draft Will Mallory. Plus, then Zach Moss. That's a hell of a trade. I mean, that's a fleecing. Not exactly the Cubs trading Lou Brock to the Cardinals. But you know what? Zach Moss is running the football this year, and because of that, uh, you know, the ski-doo accident, Naheem Hines is trying to get his body back to where it can function on a, an NFL field again. Michael Pittman Jr. is really, really good. He is really good at doing what he does well. And he was drafted to be that guy. It's not like he's gotten slower in the NFL. Chris Ballard knew what the high-end speed was on, on Michael Pittman. And it's not great. But do you want Michael Pittman to go elsewhere? You want him to go, let's say, to the Raiders or the Chargers or the Rams. You want him to go there, and all of a sudden you got Alec Pierce and Josh Downs and Ashton Doolin. You want that? Hey, I don't think you do want that. All right? All right, Buddy Drybread. That's because you're a stud, Buddy Drybread. Um, Downs is a slot receiver anyway. He doesn't play the same position, really, as Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce made a hell of a play yesterday, and you heard Shane Steichen talk about it. He broke up that interception. That was huge. It, look, the Colts aren't good enough that they don't have to make really good plays as often as they can. Game-changing plays. And Alec Pierce made a game-changing play yesterday. You can crap on him all you want. He's not as productive as you or I would like or Alec would like, but that play was huge for the Colts winning that game against the Buccaneers yesterday. Um here, let's talk a little bit about where the Colts are. The Colts are a 500 team, but they're not. They're a game over 500, and that's good. But you know what? Water finds its level. They, they are going to either S-seed or reseed to the mean. They're a 500 team. So 9-8, and 8-9, and nine, that would not be surprising. If they get to 10-7, and seven, I think they're going to the playoffs. And right now, all they got to do, they got to go 4-2. and two on the way home to get to 10-7. and seven. And they play, we can name them all together, the Titans, that's a winnable game. The Colts are favored in that game. They play the Bengals without Joe Burrow. That's a winnable game. Both of those games on the road. Then you've got uh, aye, aye, aye. Uh, the Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's going to be a tough game. 2008, the last time the Colts beat the Steelers, by the way. Don't think that they don't know that either. Then uh, you've got Atlanta at Atlanta, and then you finish up at home against the Raiders and the Texans. You find a way to cobble together four wins in, in that stretch, and I think you're going to the playoffs. Ten and seven is going to get in. I don't think nine and eight will. So ten and seven is kind of that, that line in the sand where you've got to get to. You've got to fight like hell to win four. 
And, and losing one, if you lose this weekend in Tennessee, and it's been a while since the Colts have beaten the Titans in Nashville, you know what? You really paint yourself into a corner. you got to go 4-1 and one from that point in, and that doesn't leave a lot of room for error. All right, the Colts have outscored their opponents by one point. The point differential for the whole season is one. Yards per play, 5.2 for the Colts. Guess what it is for their opponents? 5.2. Turnover differential, Colts, they're a plus two. That's all right. Gardner Minshew isn't bad, which is the key. You're not going to get great from Gardner Minshew. The high end for Gardner Minshew is not up here. It's here. So the bottom end has to be here, too. The fall from the ceiling to the floor has got to be very, very small, right? You can't, he can't turn it over three times or the Colts are going to get their ass beat. You can't turn it over. You can turn it over once like they did yesterday. Colts won the turnover battle yesterday. That was huge. That turnover toward the end of the game, the, the strip sack by uh, Samson Ebicom, huge. Dio Odangbo, falling on the ball, huge. The interception, huge, right? The interception, uh, the other side, Minshew throwing the pick. That had the potential to be huge and a game-losing play. Gardner Minshew cannot lose for you. He can't win for you, but he can't lose for you. If he loses for you, you're going to lose. The negative plays can't outnumber the you know standard plays. That's just the way it is. That he scampered into the end zone. That was kind of cool. I like the shimmy. Uh, the Titans, this is kind of interesting. I look for symmetry in numbers. Symmetry in numbers always fascinating. Uh, the Titans, 27th in points scored, 9th in points allowed. The Colts, 8th in points scored, 27th in points allowed. How about that? Anyway, the Colts, 8th in points scored. That's 269 points. And the Titans with just 185. So the, I think the Colts got a good chance to win this game. Will Levis, here's the thing with Will Levis. You, you think about Derrick Henry, and rightly so, really good running back, but only 739 yards this year. He's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. Spears is also running the ball well, 254 yards from scrimmage, 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, Levis against Jacksonville, and Atlanta, really, really good. Uh, a combined 32 of 46 for 396, six touchdowns, no interceptions, 8.6 yards per attempt. But against Carolina, Tampa, and Pittsburgh, he's 59 of 106 for uh, 646 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, and a 6.1 yards per attempt average. That's not good. You got to have Will Levis be that guy against you. Gus Bradley has to cook up from some schematics that get Will Levis to make the wrong read, throw the ball to the wrong colored jersey, and that means you got to get pressure on him and you got to speed up his clock. You do that, you got a shot. He can also throw that deep ball. So you got to be careful with the deep ball, and that is what Gus Bradley's defense is designed to do. Uh, Frank Reich fired in Charlotte one year and 20 days after being replaced by Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis. Uh, can't recall an NFL coach fired mid-season in consecutive seasons. I doubt that it's ever happened, but I don't know that. Al Davis did some wacky things back in the day. Um, 
385 days apart. Frank Reich replaced in midseason. He believes his career is over as an NFL coach. He's going to be 62 in a, a week. If uh, and if he, but like, look, look on the bright side, Frank. If you continue to get hired and fired in this kind of at this kind of pace, you could bank another seven contracts with NFL teams, different NFL teams, before your 70th birthday. So don't lose hope. You got a chance to make a lot of money, not to win football games, but to make a lot of money. And what we hear is that he's going to stay in Charlotte, and he's from that area, or at least has lived in that area. He, of course, left Indianapolis, sold his house, and moved out within five days after he got canned here. Don't let the door hit you where the Lord splits you. Uh, the IU job, no news, but John Gruden is interested in the IU job. That doesn't mean that IU's interested in John Gruden, but by God, they ought to be, right? That's a game-changing hire. That changes the dynamic completely with Indiana. I don't know whether Gruden can coach at the college level. When has he coached at the college level? But I do know this. John Gruden coaching Indiana, all of a sudden, There'd be some swagger around that program, and there would be kids who would want to come to Indiana to play football because John Gruden was there. John Gruden walks into your house. He gets your attention. That's for sure. We'll see what happens with this job. And it's not likely that Gruden winds up being the guy. But should Dolson take the call or make the call? Yeah. But I think Dolson's already got his guy, and his guy is not Gruden. So if he's got his guy, the, the Gruden thing isn't going to come to pass. Uh, Mr. Football candidate, Cathedral quarterback, the great Danny O'Neill, has decommitted from the Colorado Buffaloes and Deion Sanders. Didn't want to go there anymore. He's not going to. It's prior to early signing day. I am telling you that if you are a coach, a position coach with a college program or whatever, you meet this kid, you're going to fall in love with this kid. This kid is tough. He's smart as hell. He absolutely loves ball, thinks about it all the time. Right now, I guarantee you that he's watching film. He loves football. He's got great wheels. He's got a great wing. There is nothing I don't love about Danny O'Neill as a quarterback for some program, someplace. Call him. Get a hold of him on Twitter, for goodness sake. Uh, he is, is just, and whoever takes the IU job, first call, Danny O'Neill. Danny, want you to come down here and be my quarterback. Brendan Soresby, he's in the portal. Let's get Danny O'Neill. Free Danny O'Neill. Let's go. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. We're ready at 645 every single day, chopping it up, talking about sports. And today, I think our best show ever, Two Big Brains, was rolling today. Fantastic. So go to Two Big Brains in the search bar. Watch that. It's Dan Dockich and me talking about IU, talking about the Colts, talking about IU basketball. Good long conversation about IU basketball. Are they better or are they worse without Xavier Johnson? If Xavier Johnson's foot is going to take a while for it to heal, are they better off without him? That's an interesting question. And uh, Dan has some interesting thoughts on it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. That's right. Breakfast with Kent. Smoking hot. Fire. Let's go.